Hello and welcome to Dance Talks. Today is February 26th, 2021. I'm your host, Andrea Cody, and my guest today is Michael Whitmire. Michael is returning to us after a first interview, so to catch up and learn a lot more about Michael, please look up his previous episode. Today, he's here to talk with us about his recovery and how dance has helped motivate and heal him from an illness. And also just to generally catch up, Michael is a lawyer, a law professor, and a dancer. Michael, welcome to Dance Talks. Okay, thank you for that introduction, Andrea, and I'm definitely happy to be here. So thank you for having me and inviting me back. Sure thing. Well, catch us up just real quick for those um, who are just meeting you about Salsa Grande and what that program's like and what it's been doing uh, for the past year. Okay. Well, yeah, so Salsa Grande is basically my dance program that where I teach um, uh, either group workshops or private lessons for different Latin dances like salsa, bachata, cha-cha-cha, merengue, and uh, with a focus on Cuban style dancing. And there's a variation of Cuban dancing called Rueda, which is kind of what we, the simple way to describe it is the square dancing version of salsa. And so we <laughs> dance in groups and partners and people switch partners and it's a lot of fun. And I really enjoy teaching workshops in that. Um, you know, because of the pandemic, uh, I've also been one of the people on the ultra cautious side where basically as of last March, I stopped teaching altogether. So not the group workshops, but not even the private lessons. So. And particularly because, like I talked about, Rueda is a group style of dance where you're actually interchanging partners where, you know, people are touching in close proximity. You know, it could be two couples, it could be five couples, it could be ten couples all dancing together. And so you're going through ten different partners in one song. And basically the nature of, of you know, COVID-19 and that type of thing, um, we have to be extra cautious about that. And so because of that, I decided to, you know, this is a type of dance that definitely needs to take a step back during the pandemic and um, uh, so I've done that. I'm hoping to get back into it soon. I've, uh, uh, I personally, I've, I've gotten one dose of the Moderna vaccine. I should get the next dose next week. That will make me think a little bit more about getting into social situations that I had not gotten into over the past year. Would still be cautious, you know, following all the recommendations uh, of, uh, you know, the, the government, the CDC, things like that, um, you know, wearing masks and, and things of that nature. Uh, but at least it gives me some idea that, you know, there's kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. I will hopefully get back into uh, uh, seeing people in social context again. But yeah, I've been dancing socially for, you know, over 25 years. At this point, uh, probably about 18, 19 years ago, I took uh, salsa lessons pretty seriously, eventually got into performing and teaching and started Salsa Grande uh, a little over eight years ago, about eight and a half years ago. So I've been doing that enjoy that it's a good break from being a lawyer and dealing with people on that level <laughs> I get to deal with people on a much more social fun level there are a number of pro professionals you know doctors engineers lawyers uh, teachers nurses all that kind of stuff uh, and it's fun to, to kind of interact with them on that level everybody gets to take your mind off of that professional go-getter mode and just relax a little bit have fun with, with, with other people so I really like that oh yeah for sure so before a year ago, uh, was your social life pretty much dance? Like what percentage do you think of your social life did dance really account for? Um, a lot, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would say at least, um, you know, 70% of it. Um, mm -hmm. well, well, actually, let me let me take that, but maybe about 60%, but a majority. Uh -huh. um, and then, um, 
you know, good good portion of it also is I have uh, season tickets to the Astros and the and the Rockets, and so um, that takes up a bit of my time. But even going to sporting events, a lot of the people I would invite to join me would be people I knew from dance, and so uh, you know, dance. I it's a very social thing for me too. I mean, I like you know moving to the music, but the interaction with other people, just the time and place to get together, and you get to meet friends. And so some of the people, either I met socially or my classes become my personal friends. And so then, so when I say, okay, yes, dance is 60% of it, but then dance people might be 80% of it because I'm also seeing them in other places, you know, going out to dinner with dance friends or going to a baseball game with dance friends, you know, that type of thing, even if we're not dancing at the time, that was the source of our friendship. And so I've, I've enjoyed seeing people on that level as well. Right. You mentioned that during the pandemic, you were keeping in touch with some of your dance friends, like on Zoom or other ways. Can you tell me about how that's been going in terms of just keeping in touch and um, keeping those friendships alive? Maybe also how those relationships have evolved or changed uh, since dance is not no longer uh, the main thing that y'all do? Um, yeah, so I, I definitely have been keeping up with people. Um, and I don't know if I would say evolved or changed for any of the relationships because there are a number of people that still every once in a while you might send a text message or something comes up and you say, hey, how are you doing? But, but it is uh, you know, nice to still keep up with people, again, even though we can't see each other in a dance space, which was our main way of, of connecting. Uh, but it has been uh, nice to keep up with people, um, especially, you know, we, we're going to talk maybe just a little bit about kind of the health issues I dealt with. Uh, primarily in the fall of 2020, kind of November, December timeframe. And it's nice to have uh, also some of those people kind of check in on me, see how, see how I'm doing, uh, you know, kind of relate to me on a friendship level, not just, oh, that's the guy I can dance with. But, uh, but you know, that we had made real friendships and that people do care about how I'm doing. So that's, that's also a nice aspect uh, that kind of came about in the last few months as well. Oh, that's awesome. It's good to see your dance friends are there for you in your time of need. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Like I said, like I said, it, you know, we say dance friends because we kind of met them through dance, but you know, they're real friends to me in, in, in that sense. And so, um, I don't always have to qualify it that way, just so people know how I met them. But, but yeah, I consider them real friends, and, and we care about each other. And I'm glad that, that many of them were willing to check on me or help out with whatever I might need, that type of thing. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a great source of friends. Good. So I understand you were in the hospital for a little while um, without getting into any additional details that you don't want to share. Um, what can you tell us about what you've been through? Uh, well, yeah, I, can, I can kind of talk generally and, and you know, people who've contacted me directly, um, you know, I've let them know a few details. So uh, basically, um, as of December 2020, I was diagnosed with having diabetes and there was also some blood clotting um, and things have gotten a lot better. Uh, but I think, you know, without, you know, getting, um, you know, I don't have a medical degree, but just kind of the way the numbers were and the way the doctors were talking to me, those are probably a couple of issues where I may have been kind of borderline on some of them before the pandemic. I'm sure just kind of keeping that act healthy, active dance lifestyle, uh, maybe kind of push some of the, the potential problems off. Uh, but then as of March of 2020, like I said, when I kind of pretty much stopped teaching, I pretty much... Um, you know, stop dancing. There was a little while where I might have checked in on some of the Zoom lessons, but then I kind of stopped doing that. And so basically March through November, December, I was pretty sedentary. I was not dancing very much uh, or almost at all, or even doing regular exercise. 
had gotten into some bad eating habits. And so I think all that stuff kind of caught up with me. And so basically, November, I started noticing uh, some different health issues, uh, slight breathing problems. And then uh, December got a little more serious and more consistent, where I felt like, hey, I need to, uh, you know, go check out these things with the doctor. And it got to a point where I just said, I need to check myself into an emergency room and see what's going on here. And so it was basically that Sunday before Christmas, I uh, went to the hospital and uh, they said, yeah, you just, you need to stay here. <laughs> you know, you're gonna put, we're gonna put you in the ICU because we're seeing some things here um, in terms of your testing uh, where we need to keep you here and, uh, and see what we can do. And so, so basically all of Christmas week, including Christmas day, I was in the hospital. Um, the, the Sunday through Wednesday, I guess about four days or so, um, I was in the ICU. Uh, they did bring me into a regular hospital room uh, Christmas Eve and through the next kind of a few days after Christmas was when I was finally released. But, you know, I was going through all that stuff of, the, you know, people poking at you and blood tests every once in a while and taking your blood pressure and medications and just all the monitoring uh, that goes on. And so, uh, but uh, yeah, so like I said, I, I really just kind of let myself get into a position where I wasn't active enough. I, your body just tells you, hey, you know, you, you can't get away with this too much longer. And so in some ways, you know, uh, you know, kind of recognizing what could happen, I kind of felt uh, fortunate uh, that I, I did go to the hospital when I did, uh, that the doctors were able to kind of notice what they noticed and get me straightened out um, and just kind of put me on a better path, talking about what I need to do better in terms of exercise, in terms of medication, um, in terms of diet, you know, how I eat, things like that, getting back into better habits. Um, and so... Uh, so yeah, so the last few months have been about that and I'm, you know, happy to, you know, I just actually had a doctor's visit a couple of days ago and, you know, things like my blood pressure numbers were in the normal range. Um, I saw the doctor who kind of treats me for the diabetes things and all that's been in the normal range. I started off in January having to actually take insulin shots. I'm not a syringe person, so I, and that was definitely not fun for me, but to kind of just a month later to be able to say, okay, I, I don't have to do you know, kind of poke myself with a syringe and do the insulin. I can just take some of the oral medications and and uh, the things that, that they have put me on the path on, um, including the physical exercise, including, you know, I, I got myself back into doing some dancing. I think all that's helped and all that has put me back on a much more normal path in terms of just where my health should be, uh, you know, and uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely glad for that. I'm looking forward to uh, being back in shape uh, when when things are a little bit more normal in the world, I can't see my friends for dancing on a regular basis. I can, when I can, teach a class. You know, my, my workshops would normally be 90 minutes to sometimes back to back. So I'd be on my feet, you know, walking around, moving for three hours. And uh, you know, as of last November, I definitely could not do anything like that. I'd be maybe tired after 10 minutes or so, um, and it'd be tough to actually even dance through a song. But now, um, yeah, I feel comfortable. Uh, at least doing a 90-minute workshop and trying to get myself to the point where my stamina and I could do two back-to-back 90-minute workshops if I needed to and uh, just going from there. So yeah, that's that's kind of kind of how things progressed. Like I said, they kind of hit ahead in uh, December when I did have to get to the hospital. But um, since I've left the hospital, um, I felt a lot better. I started, you know, like I said, once I got back on a better track quickly, um, I wasn't so far off to where I wasn't you know, it, to where it would have been impossible for me to get back to something close to normal. I'm not still not 100%, but I'm a lot closer to where I want to be, uh, where a lot closer to where I was before the pandemic. And um, 
So I'm, I'm grateful for that. Thank you for sharing. That's a, yeah. it's a good story to remind us of how wonderful dance is for our physical health. And, yeah. you know, it, it served you for so long. I mean, you were saying 25 years, you know, you were in tip top shape and it's, it just, when it, it was no longer an option to dance, um, like, like we do and like we're used to, um, you know, it's hard to adjust and figure out what to do. And I think, I, I don't know I, I, if you were like me, but I mean, I just kind of waiting for the day, like thinking any moment now, you know, wondering like when we're all going to get back together. Um, and it's easy to think, well, I'll just, I'll just wait, you know, yeah. and forget about the fact that dance has had provided us like some really basic life needs um, for our most, you know, just our basic health. Oh, and definitely. we, we got to do something to supplement that. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, I, I was kind of, you know, uh, happy and willing to share the story with you and that I have with friends who checked on me uh, to the extent that, you know, whatever happened with me and the fact that I have kind of made it past that period uh, positively, I definitely wanted to share with other people and, and kind of in the process of doing that, friends have reached back to me and said, oh, yeah, you know, I haven't felt quite the same kind of during the pandemic or without dancing or they've also maybe gained weight and gotten into bad eating habits. And the COVID-19. <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, it's, it's affected a lot of people in a lot of different areas and, uh, you know, including people close to me. And so to the extent I can be like maybe a cautionary tale or just kind of a, a warning sign that, uh, hey, you know, don't forget about that, that it does matter. Um, yeah, because like you said, you know, it, once it became, uh, you were just kind of waiting and you don't know exactly when it's going to be over. It's like, okay, well, if I just sit and wait and don't do anything for a week, maybe next week will be better or the next week or the next month. And we're just not sure. And I think mm -hmm. I got to the point where because the thought of not dancing, you know, was you know, kind of, you know, just depressing or, you know, you, you're kind of sad about not being able to see your friends or do what you like to do, uh, that I tried to put it out of my mind. And so right. kind of say, okay, well, I'm just, you know, I used to listen to salsa music, used to be the kind of the thing that would be going on in the back room around for me every day. Uh, you know, maybe get up in the morning or when I'm driving my car or whatever, that I'm listening to some form of Latin music. And I think to kind of put myself out of that mindset, I just kind of even stopped listening to it. Wow. I just kind of tried to try to put myself away from it because at some levels, yes, it makes you feel good, but also it makes you feel a little disappointed. Oh, I can't do it like I want to. And it, and it brings more negative thoughts in there too. And so to kind of avoid all that, I just said, okay, well, I'll just, you know, watch a movie or, you know, keep up with politics and all the crazy stuff that was happening in 2020 and, and, um, you know, just put my mind in a different place. And that made it, you know, easier and easier just to stay seated, to not get, not be active, not listen to music. And, um, and so I've been glad that I've been able to that kind of bring in that listening to music more the last few months. It's kind of brought back some of that joy that I used to feel when I listened to music. And it, it brought back some of that excitement and passion that, that I am hoping to maintain whatever we can get back into a normal state. But I think it will be there for me, um, you know, as long as I kind of keep on a regular basis now that I consider it part of my recovery, part of my, you know, the dance therapy um, that, uh, that, I, that I'm going to make it a regular part of my life and my thought process again, even if I'm not doing it with other people, but just to reminding myself of the level of the joy it brought me myself, even if I'm just sitting in my room by myself, um, that there's still that passion there and there's still that sense of enjoyment I can get out of it. 
Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about your routine or your practice and, and getting, you know, in the mood and what you do to like get going and inspire to dance? Uh, well, yeah, just turning on music, <laughs> you know, that's uh -huh. all it really, that's all it really took for me before. And so, you know, again, the doctors recommended at least, you know, kind of 30 minutes of exercise every day, uh, or at least several times a week. And so, uh, and also there's mm -hmm. a level where, you, you know, for dancing, um, you know, you can do, you know, jogging or certain neck time exercises, but from dancing, there are certain muscles that you use and stretch that you wouldn't use during some other normal types of exercises. So uh, I would get back into doing some of the stretches that I used to do for dancing. Um, and so I'd also, in terms of, uh, you know, I've never been like a big jogger or something like that, mm -hmm. but to the extent that I'm just kind of at least keeping my body moving, my legs moving, um, just even if it's doing basic salsa steps or, um, you know, I turn on the music and then just start doing the salsa basic. And then whatever the music inspires me to do, I just keep doing that. And so it allows me to, to try to get back into that mindset of moving to the music because that's how I think of dance. It's, it's more of an expression of what the music is saying, not just, you know, stepping through some steps, but expressing the music and what I feel in my body. And so, so from that standpoint, um, I can at least turn on the music and start to feel it in my body the way I used to and listening to music, I think about moving the way I used to because, again, you know, I guess coming from a dance background, also having gotten into choreography, I'm the type of person where if I'm listening to music, also in my brain, I'm thinking about how would I move to that? Even if I'm you know, sitting in the car or just sitting down, you know, how would my body be responding to this? What are some dance moves I could do to this? And so I've gotten back into that, that mindset of I listen to music and I think about dancing at the same time. And so in terms of just my normal routine, yeah, just kind of putting on some music, trying to dance for as long as I can until I feel, you know, tired and I need to rest. You know, start it off, you know, I would be ha happy if I could just get through one song. I've worked my way up to where I can do, you know, more than 30 minutes of just consistent dancing. You know, I'll just play a few different songs, dance, move, get my body back into the moving of, you know, my shoulders and head and feet and hips and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, it feels normal when I dance. I, it, you know, I'm the type of person where, um, you know, part of what my friends knew me for was when we would go out dancing, I would dance as much as possible. I'd be the person to try to dance, you know, two or four hours at a time, obviously with little breaks in between, but, but consistently I'd be the person that's out there all night trying to dance with my friends, um, asking them to dance, or if they asked me to dance, I'd want to get up there as much as possible. And so that's the point that I want to get back to. And, um, and so that's, that's, you know, kind of, I've just made it a part of my routine to incorporate just the basic salsa dance, which involves some physical exertion anyway. And also in my stretching routine, stretching the muscles that I would use for dance. And that just forces me to kind of just get up, move my shoulders around, move my hips around, side bends, sit-ups, whatever, uh, push-ups. Um, and it just helps me kind of get in that mindset if I know I'm going to move then just doing some of the other movements helps helps me as well. So that's, you know, that, that passion and energy for uh, music and dance has helped spark kind of the exercise component of what I need to get myself healthier. Cool. Who are your favorite musicians to dance to or your, your favorite, you know, types of music? Um, well, it, 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 I do pretty much uh, focus on salsa, um, Cuban style salsa. I wouldn't say there's any one particular artist. It's more about the genres of it. Okay. Uh, Cuban style, Puerto Rican style music. 
Um, the salsa music has a little distinctive flair from some other countries, and so I, I do like that uh, a lot. There's also some great uh, Colombian musicians um, uh, that play a lot of good salsa music. Um, there's also bachata music, which is a little bit slower version, mm-hmm. uh, uh, kind of a Latin music, and uh, many of those art- art- artists are either out of the Dominican Republic, there are several actually out of New York City, uh, where there's a big, you know, obviously Dominican population in the northeast uh, part of the country. Um, so there's that. Every once in a while, I'll throw in a cha-cha-cha um, and just, you know, do those steps. Again, getting myself, partly it's about the movement and uh, getting myself back in shape, but also just remembering um, the technique as well. And so that's part of it, too, because even before the physical kind of stuff happened to me where I need to be hospitalized, I thought to myself when I joke around with friends, you know, you know, be, 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 uh, uh, be nice with me. You know, even when we get back into dancing, it's going to maybe take me a month or so just to remember all the dance and how to dance. Right. You know, that type of thing where you don't So you just know. are you dancing now like with a ghost partner or are you just doing footwork and body work? Um, no, no, every once in a while, I will kind of do a ghost partner, like you said. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of it is uh, the basic technique with my feet and arms and, and shoulders and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Because a lot of the partnering comes from just having a good, solid, basic technique. And so, you know, improving that health. But then every once in a while, like I said, I'll go back into that mental state of, okay, what would I be doing with somebody? Mm-hmm. Right. Good. So what kind of sign are you looking for to get back out there, either um, going out dancing or, you know, how, how do you even see that going or even like taking on a private lesson? You know, what do you think? Um, what's your plan? Uh, well, right now, definitely um, I want to make sure that I get both doses of the vaccine. So like I said, I've gotten one and I should uh, get the, ne- the next one within the next week or so. Um, and then even then, you know, kind of based on the guidelines they're seeing, even after people have gotten the vaccine, um, uh, you still should be masking because I guess there's still the potential, you know, or we just don't know everything medically yet. Uh, there's still the potential that you, you, the vaccine is supposed to not give you the serious consequences of COVID, but it's still possible that first people might be carriers for it. And so to, to that extent, I would still want um, to wear masks, to have my students wear masks. So I think the initial steps would be, uh, like I said, having the vaccine for myself, uh, being in a situation where the students would be masked as well, obviously all the you know, sanitizing, that type of thing, uh, that that would be probably the first steps that I might make, is just kind of contacting students to say, hey, 
are you willing to do it? If you do, you know, I, I, I'd say, okay, well, can you do, uh, you know, keep the mask on for an hour? You know, it's not one of those situations where you just kind of half wear it. It's like, I, I do take it seriously, <laughs> and I want people to just, you know, fully commit to it. And if you can't, then we just won't do it. It's not, you know, I'm lucky that, that salsa isn't my main source of income, so it's more because I want to do it, because I want to help out people. I'd like to be, you know, compensated for you know, the service I'm providing, but I don't have to do it. In, in that sense, and so, um, and so, if people don't feel comfortable doing it, then I guess I just won't do it. But uh, to the extent there are people who are comfortable, uh, that those will be the steps, uh, that those are considerations I'll make. Um, yeah, obviously, just kind of you know paying attention to whatever's being announced in the news and scientifically about what any new developments or new thoughts about how COVID is spreading or not spreading. I mean, the, the signs have been pretty encouraging so far about the rates of, of transmission going down. Uh, around the country and around the world, um, but uh, you know, to the extent the signs are still going down, then I'll feel a little more open, um, especially in a private lesson context. Maybe even social dancing. Um, again, that'll, that's maybe a month or two away for me. I know that there are some venues that have opened themselves up for salsa dancing, and I do know some people, some friends of mine who've gotten back into it. And I'm just personally not, like I said, not comfortable with it enough yet. Um, because part of my situation too is that my mother lives with me and you know she's older and I want to make sure that I'm not the one that brings COVID into the house but you know she actually just got her second vaccine this week and so I feel a little more a little safer about you know our household exposure once both of us have gotten vaccinated the fact that I wouldn't be the person to be a carrier to somebody I, I just personally feel guilty about that um, and so I don't I don't want to put myself in that situation but once I feel safer for myself, for my family, for um, you know, the people that I care about, again, my salsa friends, like I said, I consider them friends. I don't want them to get you know, COVID. I don't want them to, to face health issues. And so I care about them as well. And so I want everybody to be safe. But the more that uh, I know other people are being vaccinated, and, and you know, I was, I guess it's the, one of the upsides of my health problems um, and being having the di being diagnosed with diabetes is that put me in a higher category in terms of being vaccinated. So, you know, obviously I'm not 65, but at least <laughs> the fact that I I had the, the diabetes put me in a position where I could get the vaccine, I could be on the, the list at a younger age, and um, and so maybe not all my friends can be vaccinated, but to the extent that we can be masked, if if they feel comfortable with it, I'm going to start feeling more comfortable with it soon. So yeah, the, the, the little steps would be maybe just doing some private lessons, interacting one-on-one -on -one or maybe with a couple, me with a couple um, in that space, then maybe getting into a situation where I dance periodically socially with uh, you know, just a couple of friends, keep ourselves away from other people in the venue, still, still obey social distancing. And then you know, over time when the, the indicators are better, think about doing some group workshops, um, but I'm definitely not in that mode yet. Um, I still want to see kind of what's happening when, when younger people, people you know under 65, could start getting vaccinated on a regular basis. Then it'll start to feel more comfortable putting us all in the same space together, you know, and hopefully limiting exposure. But that, that's kind of my thought process at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see also thinking about doing something outside. You know, when you get back to teaching, if you can bring a little portable speaker and then you guys can get some extra vitamin D, which is gonna be great for your immunity. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and just yeah. that fresh air that I think we also want 
Oh yeah, that that's a good thing too. But I guess the the the, the other consideration is just this Houston heat. You know, we we got all this right. unusually cold weather. You know, just a week ago, and then right. all of a sudden we know very soon it's going to start being eighties and nineties. You know, soon it's enough. True. And, and so and the, you know when you're moving around with salsa, you know that that can be you know uh, tough for a while. I mean, one, a couple of my favorite activities too before the pandemic were going to some of these outdoor festivals and things like that. But right. usually I, pr I prefer them kind of uh, early evening time, uh, you know, late afternoon, early evening when the temperature starts to go down at least a little bit, you know, kind of the midday stuff is going to be a little bit oppressive in Houston. But yeah, evening time activities, even outdoors, salsa dancing uh, would be great. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a consideration as well, uh, kind of outdoor activity and, you know, again, minimizing the spread and things like that. Great. Uh, well, I'm so glad you're doing better and you're taking good care of yourself and that you're finding dance to be a way to, you know, not only motivate you, but really help you get better and better. Uh, can you leave us uh, with just some advice um, on how we can keep, um, you know, our health up during these challenging times? Uh, well, I just say, you know, pay attention to what your body's doing. I think all of us kind of know when things feel normal or not quite so normal and to not ignore it. And so I guess that's my voice advice is just not to ignore the symptoms that you see. I think there was a while where people were less cautious about even going to a doctor's office because, oh, you don't wanna go where other people have been sick and that type of thing. Well, but you know, nowadays physicians are much more careful about even who's allowed to have an appointment, spacing them out. Um, you know, the medical facilities that might go to, they're good about spacing. And so uh, don't be afraid from that standpoint. Uh, definitely allow you and, and for a while of course even physicians themselves were even not having appointments at all uh, but now that they're back into having regular appointments um, I think that people should uh, like I said just pay attention uh, to your body signals and get help when you think even at an early sign you know just if something feels unusual say you know what is this is this something you know don't wait for it to be too late don't wait until you know you have to be in the ICU for four days like I was in the hospital for a week but just uh, uh, pay attention to that, be willing to get yourself checked out. You know, this is actually a good time for me to recover. It's like, okay, well, there's not that pressure or the social pressure for me to be out, you know, with friends and that temptation all the time. It's like, okay, I can take it at my own pace and that's good. And so this is also it's a good time to rest, uh, recover, but it's also a good time to get yourself checked out. And if there is something that's gonna require, you know, several weeks or months or whatever of, of attention, to, to your recovery or re rehabilitation that you have it. And so, uh, so you know, the, you, the positive side of some of the social isolation is being able to take care of yourself. Um, and so, so do that. Well, that's, I guess, my advice is pay attention, take care of yourself, uh, use this extra time you have to get yourself better when you can. I know it's easier said than done. It's, it's sometimes, you know, as human beings, we need something bad to happen to us before we finally pay, pay enough attention to it. Um, but so my recommendation is it, don't let it get to a catastrophic level before you get yourself checked out or before you do something about it. You know, like pay attention even before then. When something seems unusual, do something about it and or at least get it checked on is, is my advice. So I, I hope that's helpful to some people. My guest today is Michael Whitmire. Michael, thanks for coming back to Dance Talks. Okay, you're welcome and thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and share our podcast and reach out to us on social media if you'd like to talk. To support Dance Talks, donate to Dance Houston.
Talk to you on Monday.